Hello everyone, I'm Ellis Traub and this is Money, Business and More. So with me today is Ms. Danette Love, who is an attorney and whose practice revolves around people who want to get into the United States right. and are having a time of it. And it's not only people from elsewhere that are trying to get in, but people also have problems when they're here. So we're very happy to have you here today, Donette. I'm very happy welcome, to be here. Yeah, Welcome to the show. Thank you. So tell me, Donette, what is the biggest issue that people who are trying to get into this country have? Well, you know, I deal with a group of immigrants that are special. My specialty is, or what I focus on, are immigrants that have either had some issues with a previous non-immigrant visa that they've had, or they've had some kind of criminal offense in the past, and it doesn't matter how small it is, it could cause you a problem if you want to come back in. And I also deal with people that have been deported and want to come back in. Because the misconception is that everybody that's been deported is barred from ever coming back, and that's not so. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah, that is so good people, to know. Now, people who have had, let's say, a criminal past, yes. are, does that in their home country, or is it someone who has been deported because of a criminal activity and they are still trying to get back in. No, no, a large number of the people that I, I work with are people that have not been to the United States and have had some criminal contact in their country. And it could have been something as small as maybe a petty theft, uh, and uh, although their country forgives them. Um, like I work with the Bahamas a lot, and in the Bahamas after seven years, 10 years on some crimes, they wipe it away like it never happened. It's not that way in the United States. No, it isn't. It's, it follows you forever. Oh, so, like some, of the, some of the rules that have been coming up lately have been helping with that issue. Well, that remains to be seen in the immigration department. Uh, uh, they've been making some strides in the criminal justice department. Correct. But it has not trickled over to the immigration oh, it division. Hasn't. Not yet. Well, I think from what I understand, there's been a move toward discrimination in a sense now with this administration and uh, that's here now. Oh, yeah. That is requiring, I, 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 I can understand some justification for it. They want to bring more people in that will contribute to mm -hmm. the economy yeah. than people who will take from the economy. So right. there's, uh, there's some justification for that. Uh, but well, uh, without getting into political issues here, what is the process that you use or what can you do to help people who have had a criminal history of some kind? What is the magic sauce that you use <laughs> to enable them to uh, come through our borders? Well, here's what I do. First of all, I, the first thing I'm going to want to know is what kind of crime, because it's the nature of the crime that determines whether or not you have the potential of even coming in. Obviously, if you have something like a spying or you know some kind of espionage or something like that, murder, rape, you're not coming in. Uh, but if you have other kinds of crime, even if they consider it a crime of moral turpitude, which has a broad range of crimes attached to that, that uh, topic, crimes like fraud, crimes like theft, those kinds of crimes. White collar crimes, so to speak. Well, some are white collar, some are not. Um, because theft could also, robberies yeah, could also right. fall into that. It's certainly not white collar. But what I do is if you've had a history of any sort, of, particularly if you've had some in the United States, the first thing I want to do is see what happened. So in order for me to do that, I have to order your records. 
and I order the records, I do a full review of your records, and uh, then we have a discussion about what's in your records and make sure you have a copy of it so you can go through. Because sometimes there are things that are incorrect, may belong to somebody else, but it, they're being held against you. So we go through that first before we make any moves. It's kind of like analyzing your credit record. Absolutely. Some, sometimes there are people right. who have said things about you that aren't true. You right. have an opportunity to correct them. Right, right. So we do that. And um, so to that end, I that goes into what I do in my company. My company, I have a records company. It's called Immigration Care Service. And they're the ones that obtain all the records for clients. We order all the records, an array of records that we think may be related to you. And once we get those, I do the analysis as an attorney. Okay. Are these records both in the, um, in the country from which they come or in the United States or both? The records that I get are usually from uh, something related to the United States. And I say it in that way because it either happened to the United States or it could have happened at a border, like a preclearance border, mm -hmm. which is still considered in the United States. But they have preclearance borders in Ireland. They have preclearance borders in Aruba. They have preclearance borders in Bermuda and Bahamas and Canada. So define a, a preclearance border for me. Preclearance are and there are fifteen preclearance borders in uh, worldwide, um, and those are borders where individuals traveling to the United States clear immigration and customs before they get to the United States. Before so, they board the plane or be right, board the ship or right. whatever. So if you go to the Bahamas, which I do often, on your way back, you're gonna clear immigration. Customs and Border Patrol, and when you land at Miami, the Miami Airport, or the Fort Lauderdale Airport, you just get off the plane and go. You don't have to go in the back on that long line, and because it's different there. So, if if something happened at the pre, even if it happened in your country, and a a Border Patrol agent uh, comes into contact with you and they're asking you about that, they may take you to what they call secondary questioning like an interrogation. Mm -hmm. So they take you to that and they ask you about the details about all that. And so now there is an American record of that. So where before your crime happened in your country um, and, and there was no place I could go to here uh, in America and just get that information. Mm -hmm. uh, now you've had this contact with this Border Patrol agent and there's now a record of it because they are putting everything into their system. They fingerprint you, and so they have a record of you. Mm -hmm. uh, the other thing I do is oftentimes request an FBI check. And the FBI checks are uh, tend to be very comprehensive because if you're in a country that may not have preclearance, but it has a U.S. embassy. So sometimes there's information that is gathered by the Department of State, which is the U.S. Embassy, mm -hmm. that we can access, uh, especially if you've applied for a visa. If you've applied for a visa to come to the United States, even if you've been denied, the United States now has some record on you and why you may have been denied if it's not considered classified. And all of those records are available to you yeah, as, as I, an attorney. Right, right. We can get all those records. It takes a while. It takes. Uh, it used to be a couple of weeks under this administration's move to months, and sometimes even longer than that. But we have been able to um, get records that people didn't even know. Most people don't understand how this process works. 
Um, and it's not as what we try to do with um, both my company and my firm is we try to make this stuff not only accessible uh, physically, but also accessible financially. So, um, well, I don't I mean to interrupt. But yeah. What do you do to to clean up these records to make that, make it adequate for them to enter the country? Because if those records are preventative, mm -hmm. yeah, then there must be some action that you take. Is it a litigation issue, or how do you manage to do that? Well, it depends on which whatever agency that it is that has the issue, that's the agency we approach. Their process is in place. If uh, you know, if they go into the the system and they see something about you, well, they only see one side of the story. My objective is to get your side of the story in there so that whoever's reviewing can see your side of the story as well. I need to make you real to them. Uh, and then my goal is to get your side of the story, your explanation, your circumstances behind whatever the incident was to get them to see you as worthy of consideration despite the flaw on is your that, record. There's a process where you usually accompany them to a visit in an office or do you represent them and tell us you know, tell their story? Sometimes it's not, most times it's not even at, in a court or at an office, it's all done uh, by phone? In writing. Oh. In writing. And most of the agencies don't deal directly with the public. Like you have um, the Department of State, they don't deal directly with the public. You have to you have to have the service of an attorney to get your issue in front. Uh, because it's a small group of attorneys that deal with the whole world. And obviously, if you're they're dealing with people, uh, you know, lay people, they uh, are not going to know how to get to the issue. Right. So, so only the, attorneys are allowed to deal directly with right. them. The process itself, does that entail generally you're taking your client with you to an office physically? No. 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 They stay right where they are in their country, and I have all of their identifying and supporting documents to uh, explain their situation okay. and to uh, present them. So if you've heard their story, and then you put it in writing. Yeah. So you write a letter and say, these are the circumstances. Yeah. And we would like to petition the government. Right. To permit uh, a, a visa for this. Yeah. And there's also a lot of times there's case law that supports maybe a particular circumstance that you have where they previously granted some kind of uh, leniency to people in that particular. Mm -hmm. So if there's case law, if there's statutory uh, support for whatever it is, whatever it is, we present all that stuff mm -hmm. and um, and pray for the best. Because sure. it's all, you know, subjective. Yes, it is. It's, I mean, somebody at the other end of that line is going right. to sit there and say yes or no, no just right. like in the old days of the right. gladiators right. with thumb up and thumb down. Right. I've been doing a, a couple of, uh, a, a few things with Canada, and theirs is more objective. Ah, good. Uh -huh. Yeah, and that makes it a little, people feel uh, more satisfied with the outcome, whether it's positive or negative, because it is objective. So if you got arrested for a crime, um, and let's say it was a low-level crime, uh, you may be barred from Canada for five years, but you can get forgiveness after five years. Uh, and you know that. It's not like that under the American system. Uh -huh. Yeah. So you could have been wonderful for 20 years and still may not get it. 
But in Canada, they have some objective guidelines that mm -hmm. uh, makes it a little easier to work with. Okay. Let's take a short break and we'll be right back. Did you know that you have access to a personal mentor to help you with your business issues? Whether you're starting a new business or trying to improve the way an existing business runs, you'll find them at SCORE.org. This is the website for SCORE, the Service Corps of Retired Executives. It's an arm of the U.S. Small Business Administration and consists of thousands of volunteers in more than 300 cities across the United States. And the best part is that their services are offered at no cost to you. At SCORE.org, you can enter your zip code and find a list of local mentors, each showing his or her areas of expertise. And you can schedule your own appointment at a convenient time and location. SCORE also offers a variety of regular workshops presented by professionals in their fields. You can see a current schedule of those events and pre-register on the spot. Some general classes are offered free of charge, while others have a modest fee, which is usually discounted for pre-registration. Check it out! SCORE is the place to go to find someone whose experience may be just what you need. We're back and we'd like to find out now, of course we've talked all about the process. We've talked all about uh, the circumstances that people are in and they need you services. Uh, we've talked about how those services are manifest themselves, I should say. And uh, now let's talk about your business itself. First of all, yours is a rather unique business, isn't it? I think you mentioned there's only 15 or so people. In the, uh, just how, how uh, unique is your business? Well, in my practice, my immigration practice, I realized that so many of the people that came in there that had issues couldn't explain to me what was going on. So rather than, uh, so initially we had no option but to just kind of like plunge in and figure things out as we went along. And I realized sometimes people deliberately leave things out. So, sure. right. Yeah. So I needed someone to just like, let's get the background on this person. Let's get the background on the story. And then it just bloomed into its own thing. And so now it's a whole separate business where we, that is what we do. We get all the background information. And I think what I do is not uncommon as far as getting the background information. I think what makes it uncommon is that I've separated the two. I've made one its own independent thing where that is, you can just call and get that done. Okay, are are you uh, uh, how many how much competition do you have? South Florida is a huge area for uh, for immigration issues. Yeah, yeah. So how much competition do you have? You know, I couldn't answer that for you honestly because most of my business is out of the country. Ah. Most of it, I deal with people that have issues out of the country, which has been the key to my sustainability because we're talking about South Florida. I mean. It's mostly others. So um, because of that, I identified, I realized that it worked better to uh, uh, seek out a captive audience. And so there were people, as a criminal defense attorney, I used to run into people. I worked for the state. I was a public defender. And so I had lots of clients that weren't from the United States that were about to take pleas or, or enter into plea agreements for criminal, but they had immigration issues. 
that I knew uh, this criminal plea, no matter how good it was for a criminal uh, plea, would come back to haunt them in the worst way uh, on the immigration end of it. And so because I, I knew that, that that was happening in the criminal system, I paid attention to the groups of people, like where were they from and where were these people coming from? And then I realized that, so when they have the immigration issue, they're going to be returning to those countries. And so I just started putting together, identifying what markets I would want to target. And so I deal with those, uh, the English speaking Caribbean, both here and out, and out of the country. Okay, well, there's no way, I guess it's like saying how far is up when you ask how much competition right. do you have? Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, oh, I got 19. It <laughs> right. No, I can't do that. No, it doesn't work no, that way. No. But your your practice is based here in the States, yes. which makes it different from most that are in your business. Is right. that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. So that does make you rather unique. Yeah. And yet you are still seeking business from people in other countries. Right. Right. So uh, how do you go about getting that business? A lot of it is referral because I deal with the, a lot of the com people in that community here in this country. Uh -huh. So if I have um, a Haitian client uh, that had a situation that we were able to get him all cleared on, and, and the, I'm saying this as if it's a hypothetical, but it's actually really true, they go back to the other uh, Haitian, to the Haitian communities, and they tell them, oh, my attorney did this, and she was, she explained everything, and she was good, and so they spread the word. And then they tell people back home, oh, you were deported. I went and I met with them, and I did a consultation about your situation, and she says she can help you, and then I turn out to be able to help that person get back here, which they didn't know they could do. And, um, and so it spread out and I, I do this kind of thing where I do interviews on the radio and I talk about scenarios that may affect people listening. All right. Well, how do you communicate with, I mean, let's assuming that you have word of mouth, mm -hmm. you have referrals and it gets back from, let's say little Haiti or wherever mm -hmm. it happens to be back to, back to the home country mm -hmm. and people are interested in your work. How do they communicate with you? Uh, by telephone, by um, uh, webcam, um, I, I do, you know, I never know what people's motivations are with the whole webcam thing. So we do it by phone mostly. Oh, but that's going to change, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's going to change things to you. <laughs> yeah, but um, so that's they they make it's a confidential phone call. It's an a law office, okay. so it's. Well, you've got, you've got the possibility of Skype, and you've got the possibility WhatsApp, of WhatsApp. I mean, yeah, there, there's a lot of ways. Lot of you ways. Can do that. So that's not a barrier at all. Okay, well, that's a good thing. And then, uh, so with that, why uh, then the word gets down there, and then you can talk with them down right. there, get their story verbally, right. and from that you write up the, whatever communication you write up. Right. Uh, so when you do business, I think we talked about this. When you do business with uh, the, the agencies that are preventing them from coming in, mm -hmm. uh, why uh, this is where you create a, a, a letter. So you've got to be 
a pretty good uh, letter writer to get that stuff right. out to them. And, and here's the thing: my in college, my major was journalism. Oh, oh. how about that? Huh? Oh, well, that's right. just beautifully right. So I, I, you know, I wrote for the paper, and I I, I worked at Channel Seven here locally uh, as an intern when I was in oh, college. Oh, for goodness' sake! Yes. Yeah, so. Uh, <laughs> And um, I like telling stories. So my life has come full circle because I was like, oh, my God, you went to law school. Your passion was journalism. But here <laughs> I get to do that because I get to tell your story. I get to tell it in a way that you may not be able to articulate. That's and, beautiful. And it's fulfilling for me because well, of that. Yeah. No, that's, that's really it wonderful. Uh, we've got just a few um, moments left here. Mm -hmm. If there's uh, anything that you want to say, mm -hmm. uh, what would it be? If there's something, some word of advice to possible clients, or if you want to do a commercial, uh, you're doing something nice for our listeners, and uh, you certainly owe it to yourself and owe it to, uh, to say whatever you'd like in the next few minutes. Well, what I've learned is that a lot of times when people make mistakes in their life, they're embarrassed about it. They don't want to talk about it. They're even too embarrassed to explore the possibility of a solution or how to overcome it. A good part of what I do is I give them the opportunity to confront it and get past it a lot of times. And I that's a big reward for me in my practice and in my business. And that's part of the reason that immigration care service came to be, because I feel like immigrants are the heart of America and sometimes they need a helping hand. And so I use my business to uh, support them and uplift them. And I try to stay within the reins to make it affordable. I mean, a lot of times you're not dealing with wealthy people. So even the, the, the affordable seems unaffordable to them. But you know, Immigration Care Service came out of that. So if anybody wanted to rate you, how would they do it? If they Don't wanted to, to rate me? No. <laughs> I'm sorry. If they wanted to reach you. Oh, to reach me. Our <laughs> office number is 954-449-1833. Is, is and you can reach us online at immigrationcareservice.com. That's, That's www. Well, thank you so right. much. It's been a wonderful time. And I you're awesome. You thank you for having thank me. Thank you. <laughs>